Greg Kelly Show. Wow, you know, uh, crime in New York City used to be our dirty little secret. Now it's receiving international attention, and that's a good thing. After those cops were beat up in Times Square by the migrants and uh, the illegal migrants, and they were let go, and I think they're halfway to California by now, literally, uh, 90 minutes in jail, just a processing thing. And uh, on their way, well, everybody has seen the video now. No one can believe it. These guys are already out of jail. You compare and contrast to the kinds of people who have been persecuted, prosecuted by the Biden administration, people who didn't hurt anybody or break anything, who were still in jail for January 6th and crap like that. And uh, these guys who beat up cops, don't we support cops? Well, we used to as a society, but then um, the woke left decided that they were systemically racist and a vestige of the slave patrol and all that stuff. And everything was turned upside down thanks to Black Lives Matter. And too few people who know better uh, stood up and said, you know what? You BLM people are full of crap. <laughs> this is uh, this is not what you say it is. This is we're not like this. But very few did. They were too clingy to their own power and their own status, and they figured out which way the wind was blowing, and they they just went along with it. Uh, There were some holdouts, okay, here, there, and uh, especially Donald Trump. Good for him. God bless that man. (laughs) And guess what he's doing? He's about to come to the Bronx. Did you hear about this? Donald Trump is going to the Bronx for a great big MAGA rally. Now, you think that's crazy? You think that's silly? Well, it's actually a great idea. Um, because the Bronx is turning red. The, the Bronx is becoming Trump country. Uh, no joke. They are actually warming up to the idea of Donald Trump. You got this uh, whole clip from Cara Castronova, right? It is an amazing thing. She went up there a couple of times and saw, you know what? I'm hearing from my friends more and more that, uh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna just blindly vote Democrat. So she took a camera and a a microphone up there and talk to the people of the Bronx. And this is what she found out. Go ahead. Part of President Trump's reelection strategy is cutting into traditional Democrat strongholds. Shortly after Newsmax found surprising support for the former president in the Bronx, we found out that he was considering doing a rally here. We joined the New York City Young Republican President Gavin Wax to find out more. Listen, Kara, make America great again. Uh, it includes the South Bronx, believe it or not. It, it's for all Americans. I think this is why it's great that President Trump wants to visit the South Bronx for some sort of rally. It, it shows that he cares. President Trump and I had been speaking recently about, you know, his prospects in New York, New York City. There was a poll that came out that showed him within the single digits. So we talked a bit about that. I mentioned, uh, you know, the the interviews you did on the street in the South Bronx, where there was a lot of support for President Trump. People were very excited about him. It was something that people hadn't really seen before. It was something new. It was something novel. Free my son, Trump! Free my son, Trump! He went and watched it after our gala. He shared an article uh, commenting on your interviews, and I think it got him very excited. You know, he kind of said, you know, well, let's do a, let's do a rally in the South Bronx. I said, sure, let's let's do it. If President Trump came here to the South Bronx, would you attend the rally? Of course. I would want to meet Trump. I would want to shake his hand. He's the only president that I see that can ever make America great again. He's capable of doing that. I would love to go to a rally with Donald Trump come, because I'm a big Donald Trump supporter. And I will support him 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely we're going to show him love. We're going to show him a lot of love. And, you know, like they do in other states, we definitely need to see Trump here. There's nothing but love for Donald Trump here in the South Bronx, the North Bronx, the East Bronx, and the West Bronx. So, you tell me. We want Trump to come back. Please, bro. Biden, get out of here, bro. I would come to the rally and support Trump. 
because the Bronx need a change, and we need somebody that's really going to help this community. I would definitely come to a Trump rally in the South Bronx. I like him. You do? Yes. Yes, I will come to a rally if President Trump was to come to the Bronx, and I also would bring other people to come to and support him. Would Joe Biden get a warm reception if he came? Oh, that's just anecdotal. That's just uh, That doesn't mean anything. It means a lot. That is a sea change in the making. And we actually, there's data to back it up. Donald Trump is freaking out the Democrats right now because black Americans, yes, who were solidly Democrat, were taken for granted for too long by the Democrat Party, and something magical is happening. And I love it. And uh, not exactly where we'll find out the details of this great big rally. It's going to happen in the Bronx. Where's it going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen in Yankee Stadium. That wouldn't be the place to have it, would it be? Maybe, maybe. Uh, Van Cortland Park? No, that's not the South Bronx. Where are you going to have it? Um, there are those playgrounds right next to the, right next to Yankee Stadium. You need a big open area, not too big. Uh, I'm trying to think. Where else could you have it up there? Now you probably should have it in Yankee Stadium. Are the Steinbrenners going to give us a hard time about that? They shouldn't. I think they should. Uh, they'll rent that place out to anybody. And by the way, it's the off season. The baseball team doesn't need it. Let's do it in Yankee Stadium. It's perfect. It's perfect. Hey, the other thing, you know, Americans are great. I just, they are so talented. They are so smart. Um, and this guy, I'm not sure. I've never heard of him before, but he's just a comedian. And he takes to the stage and he grabs a microphone and he made some of the most interesting observations about you ready for this for the the vaccine. Right. Remember the vaccine and people who posted any skepticism about the vaccine on Facebook. They were shunned. They were shadow banned. All kinds of weird stuff happened to them. If you tell 300 million Americans to do anything to take a swim in the afternoon, you know, like a bunch of people are going to die during that swim. <laughs> if you tell them to take an aspirin or to eat a peanut, because doctors recommend peanuts, right? People are going to die. And people are going to die from an experimental vaccine that's only been around for a few months. That's going to happen. Now, you can take that risk. You can take that gamble. Quite frankly, I did. I kind of regret it. I had so many. I had such bad reactions. I didn't die, obviously, but I had weird dreams uh, hallucinations, mumps, I, I should say bumps, lumps, weird lumps. I was groaning and moaning for 36 hours. It was terrible. Um, but that was my choice, and I did it, and stupidly I got the booster. <laughs> as soon as you get through it, I, anyway, my wife knows biological science, and she kind of insisted, and for the sake of household tranquility, I got the the thing, but I didn't tell anybody else that they should. What do I know? And you know, I, I, you know, that's my wife, not your wife, right? You don't have to listen to her. All right, so listen to this guy talk about the vaccine versus buying a car. He's absolutely brilliant. Go. Isn't that weird? It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Even comedians would get on stage and they would shame people for trying to get informed about a medical treatment that was experimental that they had to take or they would lose their jobs and they wouldn't be able to travel. And when people tried to get informed about that, other people shamed them. They would say, please tell me you're not going to do your own research. <laughs> You've heard people say that. Please don't do your own research. You know, before COVID, doing your own research used to be called reading.
Now you're shaming me for reading? At the behest of Big Pharma? It's like I woke up in the middle of a Bill Hicks bit. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. That's how much people internalized the propaganda from Big Pharma was that they would shape, they would be anti-intellectual enough to shame people for reading while they're wagging their finger at them for doing it. You would never shame people for trying to get informed no matter what other subject it was, no matter how unimportant. Like if I say, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go buy a car. Don't look into it. Well, how will I know which car to get? Ask the salesman. He's the expert. What are you, Henry Ford? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I love it. I love people. They are so good. Uh, Joe Biden, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. We've been patient long enough. And your intransigence is harming all of us. What does he know about anything? Oh, here's a little item uh, from the archives. Uh, you know, Joe is, is is truly kind of a racist guy, right? We we know that, right? You know that. I know that. It's it's just it's it's really it's it's right in your face. Do you know the very first day he declared uh, for president, he had to apologize for being racist, racist toward. Um, Joe Biden. He said the most awful things about Joe. And um, it's kind of shocking. It's like it's like listening to a man from another era. It's like listening to a man, a southern man from the 1950s. That's how that's how backwards he is. That's how strange he is. Uh, right now, he's at Dover Air Force Base, is awaiting the remains of the three soldiers who were killed in Jordan. Um, you remember that, right? And he's going to be there and he really screwed this up last time. He, you know, what, what happens is the C-17 lands and it parks and the caskets come off, flag draped caskets come off. And usually a president of the United States is there and awaits and, and then talks to the families. Well, he could have wait to get out of there. He was looking at his watch and the families were gathered. They saw him disrespecting uh, them and their children, and they were totally irate. And he, to this day, I don't think anybody actually told him, Joe, you shouldn't have wa- looked at your watch. So he might do it again. You ever heard the families speak about this? They were so outraged and justifiably so. Come on, do me a favor. Let's go to uh, cut 16. Today is the date two years ago. That we received our kids home at Dover two years ago today, where we were disrespected with stories of Biden's son and him looking at his watch. The disrespect that we were shown with him checking his watch, um, not even looking at us, I, 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 it was just total disrespect. And there couldn't be anything more disgusting and cowardly than the way you have treated us. You are a disgrace to this nation. You have no business having ultimate command over our military. And I regret not saying that to your face when I had the opportunity in Dover. While I stood there on the tarmac watching you check your watch over and over again, all I wanted to do was shout out, it's 2 30. But out of respect to the other grieving families, I bit my tongue once again. 
Those are the families of the 13 fallen heroes who were killed in August of 2021 at the airport in Afghanistan, in Kabul, right after um, Joe totally blew the withdrawal. And it was all about some ceremony. He wanted to have a big ceremony on September 11th of 2021, the 20-year anniversary. And he wanted to somehow pat himself on the back, and I'm the guy who got it done. And he did it at tremendous cost to to America, America's security, to those families, 13 lost, and the Taliban are in control. The Taliban, This, I don't think this gets enough attention. Where we were on September 10th of, 20, of 2001, that's where we are right now, the Taliban running Afghanistan. And where are all the women's groups? You know, women over there have virtually no rights. Girls are sold into sexual slavery, um, families are so impoverished, they're selling the organs of children for money. Perfectly healthy children are giving up a kidney, not for their you know, sick sister, uh, just to go on the black market. That kind of stuff. That place is so backwards, but we're done. We're just totally done. You know, we were all about nation building, which we never probably should have gotten into in the first place. Huh? Uh, and I think this is a gem. I just want to re- – we have to be rem- – <laughs> that Joe is a depraved man. Remember how he – denied the existence of his granddaughter for a long time. And this is what he thinks about black people. He doesn't think they're clean or articulate or smart. How about this one? Do you declare, just remember, when you run for president, you got to think you're something special, right? You're pretty special if you think you can be president of the United States. That's what Joe Biden thought, but he's not special, especially if you're saying this day one of your campaign. Go ahead. The latest Democrat to join the race for president spent his first day explaining what he really meant to say. Senator Joe Biden claims he's the best prepared candidate to be president. He was totally unprepared for the reaction where he made a remark about rival candidate Barack Obama, which many interpreted as a knock on other African-Americans. The first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and and, and clean, and nice-looking guy. To the best of my knowledge, Biden has no. apologized for the remark. He says, "By clean, he meant fresh, new, smart, and insightful." The latest Democrat. All right. To join so, the what, right- what about? What, <laughs> all right, clean. What about um, nice-looking? He's never saw a nice-looking black man in his life. Never saw an articulate black man in his life. That—that's real racist thinking. Hey, oh, by the way, Joe, Happy Black History Month. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Wow. Grimaldi's Pizza. Um, There's basically never been a pizza pie that I met that I did not like. I love all pizza. I even like Domino's Pizza. Um, which is pretty crummy pizza compared to our New York pizza. But seriously, I love all pizza. But this Grimaldi's Pizza, they have a place. They have three locations. One of them is in the Limelight, the discotheque on 6th Avenue, the old discotheque, the old church. It used to be a church, then it was a discotheque. Now it's a pizza, pizza joint. Grimaldi's, fabulous pizza. Thank you very much. Meanwhile, you notice that uh, everything is being revealed, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, the prosecution, the bogus, corrupt prosecutions of Donald Trump. We are seeing under the hood. We are seeing things they don't want us to see. First, Fannie Willis and her shenanigans with her boyfriend down there. Look, 
you can have a boyfriend, you can have a girlfriend, you can have an affair, you can do all that stuff, right? That's kind of up to you. It is. It's, it's up to you. But when you make your lover the chief prosecutor of Donald Trump and you pay him an exorbitant sum of money, $300,000 a year, if you're a public servant, you don't make $300,000 a year in Fulton County. Um, and you bypass more experienced prosecutors who know how to prosecute a felony case. And you give it to this guy who's only prosecuted misdemeanor cases and weirdo cases. And just it made no sense other than it was Fonnie Willis's boyfriend. Oh, and then you find out that Fonnie Willis's boyfriend was going to the White House. And why would he go to the White House? What would the deputy district attorney in Fulton County, what business would it have if the crime, if the alleged crime took place in Atlanta, Georgia, and there was no crime, you are allowed, if you're running for election, you're allowed to call the people who count the votes and complain about it. You're allowed to do that. It's a First Amendment right. So why would they be hanging around the White House? Not only the boyfriend, uh, but Fonnie herself hanging around the White House. And I think Letitia James dropped by the White House a couple of times. Jack Smith, we don't know where he's been because he keeps his mouth shut, but he just lost big. Um, something happened. And the court case that was supposed to ju- uh, start in March, the January 6th case, the federal case against Trump, has just been scrubbed from the judge's calendar for the entire month of March. Not exactly sure why. One of the reasons could be the appellate division. You know that whole idea of Trump having immunity? Well, guess what? It looks like the appellate court just might agree with Trump, and they just might rule in his favor. We'll be right back with Cara Castronova, who made the rally happen in the Bronx. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. You know, it's a pretty wild sensation when you know history is happening right before your eyes, when you can see a shift, a significant shift take place. There are moments in your life where you know something seismic is happening. And this is one of those moments, kind of like any other moment, played played a report from a news show and everything's fine. Do it all the time. But there was something special about this one when Cara Castronova went up to the Bronx with a microphone and started talking to people about politics. And uh, it was remarkable. Uh, and I think history is changing as a result. Um, go ahead with that, please. The Bronx is the bluest of New York City's boroughs and the only borough with the Hispanic majority. President Biden got 83 percent of the vote here in 2020. But now the Biden campaign is seeing polls coming out saying President Trump is gaining traction with voters of color, even younger voters. So I came to the Bronx to put a face on the numbers and I was shocked by what I heard on the streets. Do you think that President Biden is doing a good job with the economy? No, he's not doing nothing. Yeah, I don't even nobody. know. Was he doing a good job? Yes or no? No, no. 
Biden and his press secretary said that prices are going down. Is that your experience or is that not true? No, that is definitely not true. Prices are definitely going up. I used to go across the street to Fordham to go get me a meal. I can't even get me a meal because that meant $20. Minority communities, we're not seeing the improvement. Uh, I, I, there's inflation with everything, food, gas, insurance prices, I mean, you name it. Bidenomics is not working. It's, it's just a complete mess. It's a disaster, especially here in New York City. We're feeling it very hard. If you could say anything to Biden right now who says that the economy is improving, especially in black and brown communities, what would you say to him? That's lies. I believe that's lies. Heavy lies on that, for sure. Do you think that somebody else besides Biden should be president? Yes, Next of time? course. Of who? course. Uh, bring back Trump. Tell me why. Um, we were, oh, we were, we had money. We had money when Trump was president. Free my son Trump. Free my son Trump. Trump 2024, everybody. Trump 2024. That's crazy. And we're here in the Bronx. I'm going to vote for Trump if he runs. Because I feel like it was much better when he was here financially for everybody. Not just me, for everybody. I'm definitely voting for Donald Trump. He made sure we had money in our pockets. <laughs> he was for the people. He made sure we had what we needed. I feel like everything will go back to how it was. I mean, ever since he's been out of office, everything's declined. When Trump was president, my life was good. Economical-wise, I was doing so much better. They're saying it's going to be Biden-Trump, so who will you vote for? Oh, I ain't going to lie. I'm going to have to go for Trump. Sorry. I'm going to go for Trump. 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 Always Trump. Here, let me see. Who are you voting for? Trump. Feeling the pain of price hikes is one thing, but the show of open support for former President Donald J. Trump on the streets of the Bronx was very surprising. And it's the sort of thing that has Biden campaign strategists looking very carefully at the messaging around Bidenomics as we get closer to 2024. Well, that was Kara Castronova. And the word is that that report made its way to Donald Trump. He saw it and he saw an opportunity and he felt gratitude, and he's going to have a great big rally in the Bronx very, very soon. Kara Castronova joins us on the phone. Hello, Kara. Well done. Thank you, Greg. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Do you have any details? Uh, do we know yet when, where uh, the Trump rally will be, or is it still being hashed out? Well, it's definitely, from what I understand, going to happen. There's a rumor going around that it's going to be in March, but I haven't verified that, so I can't say But if that's going around Twitter. But like I said, I haven't been able to verify that. But I know from inside sources and people that speak directly to President Trump on a daily basis that he is looking for a place, a sizable place in the Bronx, and trying to figure out when the best date to come would be, if it should be after or before the primary. And it looks like he did see your report and and, and like was like, wow, I got to get up there. Is that is that what happened? Yeah. Yes. Well, what the story is, we had the Young Republican Gala here in New York City, and uh, he was sitting at the table with the president of that club, Gavin Lass. And Gavin had uh, showed him that he showed him the video uh, right there and sent it to him. So he watched it. And then after that, he was very excited. He was very happy, very honored. And he said that he wants to definitely come to the Bronx and to do a rally, according to Gavin, who, like I said, is one of the people that speaks to him on the regular. Well, I love it. I I and always he shared, what? He shared it on Twitter. He shared it on Truth Social not once but twice, so he shared it two times. Well, it's seismic. Now, look, um, I think there's something really, really big happening. Now, what do you say, oh, well, that's just man on the street, it's not scientific. Uh, what would you say to skeptics out I, there? I, I mean, what I, I this is what I do every week. I go out and I get man on the streets. Um, I speak to people all of the time, and I go up to random people. I don't, you know, going to the Bronx is not like, exactly like I 
you know, I know where the Republicans are hanging out in the Bronx. I was literally standing outside of a, a Target on Fordham Road with the camera. And those are people that willingly walked up to me, wanted to know what was going on, wanted to speak to me. So I had, I'd say, about 20 more interviews that didn't even make it in there. I, I didn't even know what to pick. Everything was so good. And there was only one person. And that person, unfortunately, might have been, you know, slightly um, have some sort of, you know, mental disease, unfortunately. That was the only person that that told me they weren't voting for Trump out of, I'd say, about a test group of the first 20 people I spoke to. After that, I left because I had everything I needed, and I was completely shocked, literally shocked, that everybody was screaming Trump 2024 in the middle of the street on the Bronx with no shame. They didn't care if somebody passed by and heard it. You know, every time I mentioned Joe Biden's name, uh, someone would pass by and they'd say, F Joe Biden, F Joe Biden. So it was almost like there was Biden's arrangement syndrome. Anytime someone heard Biden's name, they would literally start cursing, you know, um, yeah, it, it was really, really shocking. Now, what about this? Uh, it seemed like mostly Hispanic people, I think you said. Were there, did you talk to black people as well? I did. I went back to the Bronx. So after President Trump retweeted that and the rumors started going around that he is going to come to the Bronx and do a rally, I went back to the Bronx and I asked people on the street, same thing, would you go to a Trump rally if he came here? And that was mostly uh, black people that I asked. It just happens to be that those were the types that was the nationality and the race that was at the, the location that I was at. I was further in, into the deeper South Bronx. And I'd say 80% of the people that I spoke to were African-American, and they all said the same thing, that they would love to come to a Trump rally. They would be honored. Why wouldn't they support Trump? You know, Biden's doing a terrible job. Um, I think that Trump has gained street cred. I think that all of these arrests and criminal charges have backfired tremendously with the Democrats because it's making him more of a populist amongst, I think, different types of communities and just giving him more street cred and people actually, you know, sympathize with him and they want him back. It's, a, it's, it's a, that that now that is totally amazing. And it's just the, uh, talk about a silver lining. That's beyond silver lining. Anything can be used for good. God is great. He can yeah. that look like and they thought the first arrest, everybody was going to freak out and desert Trump. And the opposite happened. And now he has new friends in places you might never expect. And that is People were like, I'm like, you know, what about his rest, though? And they say, so, so what? So what? They would get defensive. And I was like, wow, they're like, what about Biden? What about what about his son? Isn't he like a criminal? And I'm like, oh, my God, they, they're they using all the talking points that we were a year ago. It's, it's literally finally, you know, going into the Bronx. It, it's, it's migrating over there. Trump 2024, bring back Trump. All of the things that we've been saying for years has made its way to the bluest borough in New York City and possibly the bluest area in the United States. You know, if you look it up, by the way, the statistics of who gets arrested, a, a lot of people at some point in their life just might <laughs> come across the criminal justice system. I looked at the statistics once. It's bizarrely high. So, like, getting arrested, believe it or not, is not the most, like, foreign idea. And a lot of people out there don't think you should be canceled for the rest of your life if that happens to you. And especially when it's Trump and it's clearly political. Well, that's really wild. Hey, Kara, nobody's been more active, it seems like, on the January 6th stuff, the injustice of the January 6th prosecutions, the over-the-top um, harassment of individuals who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody, and even those who got involved in skirmishes. We just saw the skirmishes in Times Square, and they let all those guys go. Where do things stand right now with the January 6th investigations? I know that's kind of a broad question, and there are like hundreds, if not thousands, but give us a sense of what's well, happening. There's some hope. <clears throat> Hopefully, you know, the Senate, I mean, the Congress seat here in Long Island turns red, and we are able to, you know, keep the Congress red, but 
According to sources, I have uh, Loudon Milk is definitely going to go ahead with an investigation. He's in charge of that. Speaker Johnson supposedly gave it the okay. They just don't really know what direction they're going with with the investigation. Should it be the due process violations of the Department of Justice against these January 6th defendants? Could it be the police brutality that day that led to, you know, what what happened on January 6th or, or so many other topics that they could go at? So I think they're looking into that. Hopefully they make a decision soon because I think that the Democrats will definitely use January 6th to, you know, as a campaign strategy. I know that a lot of people, the only thing I hear from people that don't want to vote for Trump, the few people that say that the are Democrats, hardcore Democrats are like, well, what about January 6th? He tried to, you know, overthrow the seat of democracy. So that 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 still has to be exorcisted. I read a really good article from the souls of Democrats that lie that January 6th was an, an insurrection. But it's working. And a lot of people are realizing it. The polls are saying people are starting starting to realize that it could have been an inside job or that there was something else going on that day. So that really is all the Democrats have left, plus these criminal indictments. Everything else is in Trump's favor. So I think that if they do an investigation, the House does an investigation and shows that January 6th was a big lie and what the mainstream media and the deep state told us was not true, that will really, really help President Trump get reelected. So I hope that they realize that. Hey, are you familiar with and you've heard we've all heard of the million times Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to American democracy. I've heard that from Democrats. I've heard it from certain Republicans right. like Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney and the rest. And that is actually a very scary thing to say, a clear and present danger to American democracy. If you look it up, it sounds, oh, that just means very, very serious. No, it means more than that. That means you can break the law to stop whatever the threat is. It goes back to World War One, And if something is declared a clear and present danger to America, you can suspend parts of the Constitution. You can suspend parts of the law to stop the threat. And I fear that with the prosecutions of Trump not working, in fact, helping him, there are trying to justify, I don't know what, but something potentially very, very bad against President Trump. Um, I agree. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Well, I saw, to go back to what you said a second ago, then to that, a really crazy headline. I don't know what what a mainstream media source, what fake news it was, but it said why it's necessary is not that to defy and to, you know, to go against democracy, to save democracy. And I screenshot, I'm like, this is the craziest thing. So they're saying we have to, you know, break the democratic rules, the, the rules of democracy in order to, quote unquote, save democracy by keeping Trump out of office. So it's so completely backwards. But there's nothing they can do as far as I'm concerned, unless, you know, there's really nothing they can do to keep him out of office. He's going to win fair and square. So, like you said, I'm, I'm afraid sometimes, like, what they might resort to. Um, I think Donald Trump's pre- vice presidential pick is very important because it's, it's sort of like an insurance policy. It has to be an America first person that's very similar to him. It can't kind of be somebody like Mike Pence who's sort of in with the cool people in Washington because, you know, we don't want anything horrible happening where they want this person to be the next vice president. I know that sounds terrible, and I hate putting that bad energy out there. I'm a very prayerful person. I believe in God, and I think, you know, God has our back and God has Trump's back, but I do fear for his safety, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I I, I understand. Hey, you were interviewing a uh, one of the prosecutors going after one of the January 6th people. You're on the street um, asking questions, uh, doing everything you're allowed to do. You're allowed to be in public. You're allowed to walk on a sidewalk. You're allowed to ask government officials questions. Uh, it was at night. I couldn't tell what quite happened. It looks like you bumped into somebody or somebody bumped into oh. you. Uh, what 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 happened there? Because it got a lot of attention online and I heard a lot of different interpretations right. of what happened. 
Right. So if you go, I'm going to pin it at the top of my Twitter. Go to Kara Keshnell at Twitter and let me know what you think, because it's very clear that you, know, you have to watch it a few times because these federal agents are just so slick and diabolical. They have this new tactic. They do it in Canada where they trip journalists so that you fall and bump them and then they can arrest you on the spot. But with me, thank God it didn't work. So this guy comes from around me as I'm interviewing one of these criminal public defense. I mean, I'm sorry, prosecutors who is prosecuting a January 6th defender under lies. And to make a long story short, a U.S. Marshal that is always with these federal agents, he's always in the courtroom, walks in front of me with a big backpack, and he backs up, and it's very clear in the video, and literally knocks me right out of the frame. I stumbled backwards. I almost fell. And, you know, they walked off. And, you know, you just hear me yelling, you know, you guys are going to jail. And, you know, I was just, I was in shock. I couldn't believe that a federal marshal, and I, at that point, I thought it was one of the other public, I mean, one of the federal prosecutors, would actually shove me on the street when I was conducting an interview exercising my free speech and my you know freedom of the press that I'm guaranteed under the First Amendment to push me, literally push me. So I filed charges. They're investigating it right now. They're trying to get the camera footage from outside of the courtroom. So I'm hoping that the police down there, I had to report it to the Metropolitan Police, um, and they are looking into it. And I'm hoping they'll do the right thing, um, because when I first went in and showed it to the first officer at the desk, the desk officer, he told me that they would have arrested that guy in the spot had, they, had I called him there. Well, let me ask you something. I mean, do we know that? How do we know that that guy was some sort of federal agent? Because I saw it. I couldn't tell if he was. I, it didn't look like a uniform to me. Was it? Yes, he is. He's, I was at that court trial for a couple of days. He was in there sitting at the bench with the federal prosecutors, with the Arab, I mean, with the U.S. Marshals. Um, I know he's a, you know, he's behind there on the bench with them. And I verified it with some sources in the courtroom that he's 100 percent a federal agent, 100 percent. Wow. And yeah. So, you know, I, I he violated my obviously civil liberties as a journalist. Not only did he assault me, it's called a simple assault when he pushed me. But you know, he prevented me from doing my job. I was very scared to go back the next day. And I'm not afraid of anything. But you know what? The federal agents aren't anything you want to mess with. If there's anything like that gets me nervous, it's them. So it's not really if I was afraid. I was afraid to go back in that next day. And what if he did something again, again like that inside the building and, and found a way to like try to point it at me? These people are just so devious. Yep. And if, yeah, let me let me scary. jump in, Kara. I want to ask you something. In all of this, have you have you found a diamond in the rough? Like, has there been a judge who maybe leans left, who maybe is, you know, uh, an Obama appointee, but has been like, you know what? Something rotten is going on here. Something. Has that happened yet? Well, there's a guy named Judge Nichols, and he has been fair, but he was the only judge that, you know, he did a bench trial and he said to the guy, you're free to go. He's the only guy that found a guy to be completely innocent and, and threw out all the charges on the bench. And this is going back two and a half years ago, approximately. I think after he did that, the other judges or whoever it is that they're taking orders from came after him because he changed after that. But at the beginning, and I believe he was a Reagan appointee or a Republican appointee. I'm not exactly sure, but he definitely was not an Obama appointee. And he was very fair. And he's and he is the one that actually overturned 1512. And then they took it to appeals and now it's going to the Supreme Court. So I'd say Judge Nichols is somewhat fair, but he's getting a lot of pressure from the other judges to kind of fall in line with them, unfortunately. Well, so that's Cap- the Slightly fair. Kara, we're so glad you're on the case. It's absolutely amazing. And we'll be looking forward to seeing Donald Trump in the Bronx. Thanks to you, Kara Castronova. Check her out on all of her platforms. Thank you, Kara, very, very much. Thank you, Greg. Have a great day. You bet. You bet. To be continued. Your call's next. Greg Kelly on 77 WABC.
listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, hello, Mimi. You're on Long Island. Hello. Hey, Greg. I heard uh, President Biden in quotes his speech about uh, President Trump not going to the French cemetery in 2018 because he didn't want to. But that's not the truth. He, he went there because they stopped him. It was thundering and it was raining. I have another one. He spoke about his son who uh, died from brain cancer, not on the field. He keeps on telling uh, the black colleges or the speech he made yesterday that his son died in Afghanistan. The third thing is that. All right, um, listen, calm down. All right. Everything all right over there? You're out of breath. Relax. We got time. Yeah. I'm making my breakfast. So you're, um, you're making your now, what? And the third, uh, my breakfast. You, um, uh, you party all night? What's going on? Were you know, work at the I, nightclub? One night I listened to uh, Carter and I listened. Oh, to, you're one um, of those radio junkies. Right. On another station, I listened to Bill uh, on um, 970. He's on, he comes on. It's hey, you know what? I don't need to know everything. Your breakfast, your radio habits. All right. What's your other thing you wanted to say? Tell you the third thing. The general who went with him to the church when he put up the Bible. Hey, you know I, what? If you watched uh, my TV show, uh, you would know that I know all this stuff already. Do you know that he said that he didn't want to go to the Fisher celebration of the Fisher House and there was a, a, a veteran in the chair without legs and without arms and he said he didn't want to see him, but he did see him. He hugged his yeah, wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, uh, I, I know this story. I presented it to my viewers and I talked about it on this show multiple times. You'd be less out of breath and more in control if you watch my television show and blew off 970 and Bill and this, that and the other thing. All right. I'm serious. I know exactly what you're talking about. There was a veteran who was severely wounded. It was at um, it was at a ceremony, I think, elevating Millie to chairman or somebody was getting a big promotion. Trump was there, and uh, the guy sang the oh, "America the Beautiful," but he he did not sound good. He sounded like you know, it just sounded really America. It, it sounded bad. But the guy had been severely wounded. And Donald Trump, after that song, went over to that soldier and hugged him. I've never seen him do this before. Hugged. It was a sustained hug. And he, it was more than a hug. It was a huddle. And then he brings his wife in for about 30. I've never seen him do anything like that. And it was magical. And, and, and Millie goes around lying about it to this day. Now, I'll tell you something, though. If it was mentioned by Donald Trump after the fact that, you know what, maybe, uh, Maybe singing in public isn't his thing. I'm okay with that because maybe in public singing isn't that guy's thing. You know, you can never do enough for the veterans, but sometimes, sometimes I've seen it here and there, exploitive stuff. And that bordered on exploitation who put that, that, that moment with the song, but Donald Trump saved it, saved the moment. Mimi, you don't know what you're missing. I'm telling you, all right? Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. 
visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.